Moving on to the federal election for a little while here. We're going to chat about where we stand now. It's amazing to me that we had a federal election in this country on Monday. Uh, Some of the results weren't known until yesterday. And it's not even the top story in Alberta. It's crazy. We've got other stories competing for headlines. I mean, usually when you get into a federal election, you can spend days afterwards analyzing what it means and what it's going to look like and what, you know, not here. No, no, no. We immediately rolled right into Jason Kenney's situation and we rolled into the Calgary bylaw. And I mean, the list goes on. It's one thing after another in Alberta, never a dull moment. But uh, it's definitely worth taking some time to look at where we stand as a country following our most recent federal election. So we're going to spend a little time doing that now. Uh, Justin Trudeau, as you know, got his mandate on Monday night. Well, it's not the mandate that he'd hoped for, but it is a mandate nonetheless. So the clock starts anew for Justin Trudeau. Um, Same issues, though, he faced during his last minority parliament. Nothing really changed, honestly, in terms of seat distribution and everything else. Very, very little has changed. So let's get some analysis and some insight from Ken Bossenkuhl, a founding partner at Cool Top and Guy Public Affairs, one of the original authors of the so-called Alberta Firewall Letter back in 2001, senior campaign advisor to Stephen Harper, worked with Preston Manning, Stockwell Day, the list goes on. Uh, Ken, thank you for your time this morning. Appreciate you joining us. Good to be here. So I think we've all accepted that the one and only reason that we went through the exercise of that federal election this week was because Justin Trudeau felt he had a shot at a majority when he called the election. Turns out, absolutely nothing had changed. How did the Liberals misread it to the extent that they did? What did they get wrong? I think Canadians were supportive of their governments, broadly speaking, if they felt they were doing a reasonable to good job on the pandemic. And I think many Canadians knew someone who wouldn't have been able to put food on the table if it wasn't for CERB last year. And most reasonable Canadians are pretty glad that we're getting vaccines and what seems like a fairly decent rollout and purchase. And I could quibble with aspects of both of those. Mm-hmm. But I think I think that Canadians were just thankful for that. And the Liberals misread just sort of general thankfulness in the government as some kind of support for the Liberal Party and support for Justin Trudeau. So I think they misread the generosity of Canadians as partisan support. And they just made a terrible, well, not a terrible, they just made an error. But what's terrible about it is they put us through six weeks of an election campaign when we should have been focused on on other things like Afghanistan and and the pandemic. Exactly, yeah. Um, Okay, so if we accept that Trudeau... Well, he certainly didn't win. You can call him a a loser in that election if you want. He was going for the majority, didn't get it. If we consider that a loss, what do we say about O'Toole and Singh and even Bernier? Did they win or do they have to see this as a loss as well? Yeah, well, I I wrote a piece yesterday and I said uh, Justin Trudeau lost and nobody won. Right. And I only said Justin Trudeau lost because, as I just said, I think you judge politicians by the expectations that they set or the public expectations they set for themselves. And on that matter, if he wanted a majority, he was pretty clear about that. He didn't get it, so that's a loss. But none of the other parties really won either. Uh, they didn't make, they didn't move the dial, although, I, again, against expectations, O'Toole did reasonably well. Against expectations, Jagmeet Singh did very well. But they didn't really move the dial. No. They, didn't, they didn't close the deal. What, what, again, my view is that Aaron O'Toole, before the election, did everything he needed to do to, to make it so that he could take advantage of a stumble by Trudeau. And that's what happened. But what he didn't do is close the deal. He didn't get from, you know, he didn't, he didn't get from filling the gap and, and getting tied with the Liberals to getting ahead of the Liberals. 
And, you know, that's not that's a hard thing to do. And I think there's still residual support for the Liberals. And I don't think just I don't think Aaron O'Toole needs to step down for that mistake, although there are people calling for that. But that's 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 my analysis of him is he just didn't he didn't do the final step. He didn't close the deal with Canadians. How do you feel about Jagmeet Singh? People seem to like him. But you know what? That party has sort of just held their position. He hasn't really advanced them in any way, shape or form, any meaningful way. Anyway, are people going to start to say, you know what, he's a super nice guy, but maybe he doesn't have what it takes. I have a few NDP friends, and they always tell me that the NDP evaluates their leaders on different on a different criteria than other parties do. They care more about whether their leaders stay true to their principles than that they won a ton of seats. And yeah. you'll recall that Thomas Mulcair said he was going to balance the budget when Justin Trudeau said he was going to run deficits in the election that they were against each other. And the party just felt that Mulcair was not uh, sufficiently New Democrat, and they turfed him out at their next convention. And I think there's general satisfaction among NDP members. Remember, Canadians don't pick leaders of political parties. Members of the political parties pick leaders of the political parties. And and as I like to say, sometimes members of political parties live on different planets mm-hmm. than, than the voters <laughs> for those political parties. And uh, But they have different criteria. And I think there's a debate going on within the members of the Conservative Party. And there's going to be a debate going on within the members of the NDP. But I think the NDP are much more forgiving. And I think Jagmeet Singh largely was consistent with NDP principles. So I, I think he's... No, I think there'll be people asking for his head. I don't know that they're going to get it. Um, okay, so let's turn our attention to what we can expect uh, from the government, however long it lasts. He goes into the next parliament, basically the exact same spot he was in last time around. Nothing's changed uh, in terms of the breakdown. So the pandemic continues. It's still turning everything upside down and making everything crazy for all of us. Should he be feeling more optimistic, or is it just Groundhog Day for Justin Trudeau and the Liberals? Yeah, I, I'm I'm generally an optimist, but right now when I look at the next six months, I find it very hard to be optimistic. And maybe it's because the pandemic is slacking us in Alberta more than in many other jurisdictions. But there's another thing just over the horizon that I'm very anxious about, and you can see it if you drive around town and you look at your car dealers. And suddenly all of our car dealers only have between 10 and 25% oh, yeah. of the normal inventory. Try to buy a bike. Yeah. You can't find a bike. And why is that? The global supply chains right now are in big, in a big, big mess. There's ship, there's ships stuck uh, offshore. Uh, there's all kinds of, of containers that can't get out of China. And the result of that is that we're going to, I think we're going to see rising prices. I was looking at a car the other day and it was listing at twenty to $30,000 above retail just because supply is low, which means demand is high, the prices go up. So I think we're going to find inflation, but it's, not the kind of inflation that the Bank of Canada can say, ooh, inflation's coming, I should raise interest rates, because the reason for the inflation is not monetary policy. The reason for the inflation is this supply chain problem. And one step further, I have a family member who sells Kenworth trucks, and the uh, the number of Kenworth trucks coming to Canada next year from the factories is going to be a small fraction of what normally comes. And he's like, how am I going to work next year if I can't sell trucks? So I think not only are prices going up, but we're going to see people lose their jobs because there's not going to be anything to do. Car factories are already shutting down because yeah. they can't find the, the parts to make the cars. So 
I'm sorry to be so pessimistic, but I think Justin Trudeau is in for a bit of a bumpy ride in the next six months. And within the House itself, I think, you know, part of the the move here, if you really dig down into it, was he faced a lot of heat from committees. I mean, he shut down Parliament to avoid the work of some of these committees. Um, and once again, the committees are going to be stocked the same way they were before being in a minority situation. Um, you know, he's still going to have to deal with those committees. He's not going to have the control over them that he would like. I think he put a finger on an important reason why Justin Trudeau wanted a majority. The wonderful thing, I've, I've worked with governments that had a majority, and I've worked with governments that have had a minority. The beautiful thing about having a majority is that you control not just the overall agenda in the House and the government, but you control all those committees. Yeah. And when you have a majority of your opponents that, on balance, have, have control of those committees, if there's one thing that the, that the Conservatives and the Liberals and the Bloc can all agree on it's that they should continue to investigate liberal scandals and maybe that's the only thing they can agree on but the nice thing is for them is that they can control the committees that look into those scandals and they can make them drag on and dig here and dig there and look for new ones and that's just a pain in the backside if you're the if you're a minority government yeah exactly hey ken are, are, are have we moved into an era in canadian politics where minorities are going to become the way we do things. I mean, if you take a look, going back to Stephen Harper, he had a couple. Mm-hmm. Trudeau's into his second now. Uh, even before that, Paul Martin had. I mean, are we into a minority phase of Canadian governance? I don't know. Um, I think Canadians get the kind of politics they w- that they want and vote for the kind of politics that that reflects the overall mood of the country. You know, we just had the BC government get a big majority. We've had big majorities in Alberta fairly consistently. So I, I, I just I, I think Canadians right now said with the uncertainty we don't want to give justin trudeau free reign we don't want to give aaron o'toole free reign we don't want to give anybody free reign i just think it reflects the nature of our leadership at this present time as opposed to something bigger than that ken i really appreciate your time this morning thanks so much for joining us always a pleasure cheers you bet that's ken boston cool who is founding partner at cool top and guy public affairs uh long long history in canadian politics working with the likes of Stephen Harper, Preston Manning, you go back farther, Stockwell Day, Jim Dinning, uh, Christy Clark. He's got his fingerprints all over Canadian politics. An interesting analysis.